Welcome to We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for this evening, as always. And joining me tonight is a lady by the name of Joan. Joan Graff. And me yes. and Joan have been speaking back and forward for a little while. So, good evening, Joan, or good afternoon, Joan, or hello, Joan. How are you? I, I'm doing quite well, Richard. Thank you for inviting me. That's fine. That's fine. It's... um. Because we, well, we move in the same kind of circles. Uh, we both have a common frenemy in the shape of Brian Wade. That's right. <laughs> Brian, who's currently asking you why you're not filling out a certain piece of, piece of information for your, um, for your um, Expanded Universe episode that you're going to be appearing on. Yeah, he's asking me some questions about uh, the that appearance i'm going to be having here shortly but you know what he's yeah. just gonna to have to wait he is just gonna to have to wait so i'm just gonna tell him that just now you're just going to have to wade <laughs> ah, you got him there's a killer blow he's not gonna get up from that one um sometimes um when we do the show we just get people on for a chat because we have designers on, we have players on, we have gamers on, we have different types of people on. And sometimes you just I just like to kick back and have a chat and talk some cardboard um that hasn't nothing to do with anything else but having having a good chat. Which is why um Joan has said yes to coming on and she's probably gonna be regretting that within about the next forty five minutes to an hour. But we'll oh, that see. sounds like a challenge, Richard. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, for people that haven't listened to the show before, um, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Have a chair. There's um, drinks and biscuits out in the foyer. Make yourself at home. The reason that we do this is because we we um, we are still running the same joke that we think that there are not enough podcasts out there about board games and the other reason that we do this is because I like chatting to people and I'm generally nosy. So um <laughs> a good enough reason for me. It's a good enough it's, it's been a good enough reason for and it's been a good enough reason for eighty six or eighty seven other episodes. So why 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 spot I know. You're getting up there. I'm almost I'm an octogenarian. Me and me and Colin were talking about this the other day and saying how did it get to this kind of number of episodes and it's like well because I keep kind of having a conversation and then just going I just come on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and people keep saying yes but, but do um, you have any special plans for episode one hundred secret secret um no I was oh. thinking um no I don't know I think we might have um. I have no idea. Do you know what? It's one of these things you don't even plan. Because it's like I was saying, well, we'll do something special for episode 50. And 
and we just and we had a guest on it and it was special so that was special enough for us and then it was like well 75 is um, a good one so we'll do something for that and then we did have a guest on and it wasn't anything kind of we didn't announce it so for episode 100 I don't know I'm willing to take on ideas you know I th- we'll just see we'll see what we'll see what happens but we're not here to talk about um me because yeah we're not here probably. to talk about podcasting we're here to talk about cardboard we are here to talk about I'm glad you're kind of keeping me um on the on the straight and narrow um thank you all. but we want to hear about your history yeah so, uh so, so you just want to hear about where I started with them board games yeah, so let's, yeah, I want to delve into the past, I want to have a little peekaboo at the present, and then we can even take a view to the future and see what, so see what is kind of there. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your history. Uh, so I've been playing uh, games for about as long as I've been capable of it. Um, I played with my father's brick of an original Game Boy as soon as my little hands were capable of holding it. Okay. I played games like Kirby's Dreamland, and that's not quite the sort of game we're talking about, but I'm just trying no. to say way back <laughs> I've been playing games. So when did you take your first steps into the cardboard realm then? So uh, my family's always been really into games as well. If I mean, my dad had a Game Boy around. So we mm. had kind of the stock standard Monopoly, Clue, um, all that sort of stuff. You know, shoots and ladders and the game of life around when I was real little. And whenever I'd go to visit my grandparents, both of the um, sets of my grandparents had a lot of really, like, old games. So we had, like, this weird ninny chess game called Smess and uh, we had the Mad Magazine game where it's like Monopoly but you're trying to lose all your money. So we had like a pretty good smattering of just odds and ends um, you know even when I was like four or five six years old Um, and uh, as me and my sister grew up we started accruing our own games and so uh, my mom got a nice retro mix of stuff like battling tops um, mm-hmm. to some of like games rights early stuff so um, we had like mummy rummy and this way of the samurai game and that's you know in my you know late childhood early adolescence so even from a pretty young age um, we were playing stuff that was a little bit beyond you know the most standard sort of oh that's drudgerous sort of board game (laughs) yeah um but i didn't really um think of board games as more than just like a little way to have some fun with family um which it still is to this day friends and family i mean it's a great way to pass time i'm sure that we both agree um but uh in high school i went over to a friend's house and he was like okay joan we and all of our friends are going to play a great big game of Arkham Horror. Oh, okay. That's 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 a heavy game to kind yeah. of get into. So at that point, um, everyone besides me had played at least several rounds of it. So there wasn't a lot of confusion in the rules. And there was just kind of a lot of, okay, um, this is what happens next. And some recommendations for what I should be doing. Because I didn't really know what was up. Because I've never played something with quite that many moving parts. Yeah. But um, I got into it, um, and shortly thereafter, I got some of the other um, games like uh, Catan or Munchkin. They're kind of, you know, 
sort of... They're becoming like the monopoly of board games. Yeah. Uh, and sort of working as like an introduction into the broader world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as I played things, I enjoyed them. And I started, you know, following... Well, really, my friend had a lot of these games. And um, I was, you know, playing them at his place. And I started following around... Um, I think one of the big ones uh, for me has been Shut Up and Sit Down. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So as I've like watched their stuff and read their stuff, I started just putting all sorts of games on like Amazon wish lists. And just every Christmas or birthday, someone goes and buys me another couple boxes. And as I've become an adult and started working and acquiring my own stuff, I've you know just been getting whatever strikes my fancy. And uh, I... Around the time you asked what kind of games I have, um, mm-hmm. a couple months ago, I sent you a picture of, yes, you did. of uh, our linen closet that is just completely chock full of them. And those are not all mine. Some of those are or about half of them are my roommates. But between the two of us, we've got, you know, do you want to put an estimate as to how many games that is? Maybe 60-ish board games? That's, that's, a, decent, that's, a, that's a respectable number. That's a respectable amount of cardboard. You've yes. not you've not gone totally kind of deforestation. <laughs> no, but at the same not time, quite that bad. No. So you kind of, I mean, you're kind of. When you say, I'm looking at them now. I think the one of the. <laughs> I think when you sent me the picture, the first thing I went was, "Wow, that is." There's some good. I mean, you've got Fury of Dracula here, and there's like things like Space Cadets. Yes. Manson's, you got like Galaxy Trucker. Yes. That was Agri- one that was really highly recommended by Shut Up and Agri- Sit Down. You'll probably yeah. notice that if anyone's like uh, cross-referencing <laughs> what I have versus uh, their recommendations, that there's probably a pretty healthy amount of overlap. Power um, grids there. But I've been playing games, um, like I said, starting with my family. And as I've gotten more complicated things, I've been trying to get my family to play some of these more complicated games. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, a good example is once at a family reunion a few years back, I brought a, that copy of um, Space Cadets. And I didn't really expect everyone in my family to like be able to really wrap their head around every single station. But that's not really what I was trying to go for. I was trying to like I distribute out the station. So the guy that plays a lot of poker gets the shields and, you know, the, you know, 10-year-old that was playing with us gets the weapons because I figured he'd probably be the best at flicking. And uh, the guy who played a lot of other board games got Helmsman because that's kind of the most sort of decision-making, high-pressure, I would say, of the stations. I just kind of tried to teach everyone their aspect of it. Um, And I had enough people together that uh, there was no doubling up in roles. I was just being the captain and directing, and I was not participating in any other way. That's pretty cool. For people that haven't maybe played Space Cadets... Oh, yes, I'm sorry. No, you don't have to apologise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll have to apologise if you throw something at me. Or if you tell people the secret about getting off the shelf. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> maybe maybe people, people, people give me enough like, likes and retweets on uh, Twitter to get that secret. <laughs> That's what we could do. And people, this is going to be driving people crazy because we are not going to say we're not going to say anything, Joan. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I promise. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Space Cadets. Yeah, t- 
give us an give us a quick rundown of Space Cadets because one of the things we like to do is you know if you we like people if they've not heard the games before to kind of get a brief rundown because they might not have heard how they play even yes. though it's a very popular game. So and it's a very interesting and different game, so it's definitely mm. worth talking about. Um, so Space Cadets is basically like if you're running the Enterprise from Star Trek and you get sent on a mission to do you know something, pick up some things, blow up some enemy ships, what have you, and everyone has these little roles like uh there's the weapons officer the helmsman shields engineer uh sensors so on and uh these roles pretty much all go at the same time with a couple exceptions where someone flips a sand timer and then everyone tries to do their little role to make your ship work yeah. so the weapons officer for instance um is taking these little, uh, I want to call them tetraminos, but I'm not sure if that's really accurate, but little puzzle pieces and trying to fit them into a pattern to undo these cards that they draw to Mm -hmm. load the torpedoes. And then later, when we're trying to establish firing, they'll take a little uh, wooden disc and flick it on this um, chart to see if they Mm -hmm. hit or not. Now, all these rules kind of articulate with a different rule set. Um, None of them are the same and so you have this really goofy thing going on where the captain says okay we need four power to engines and two power to shields and three powers to weapons and we need the weapons officer to shoot that and we need the sensors officer to scan that and then when the sand timer flips everyone tries to accomplish that to varying levels of success and then Hmm. you all get to watch as everything falls apart because oops that that tetramino is not the right tetramino and oops all the power went to tractor beams and it's kind of uh, like a series of mini games that yeah. everybody has to kind of you get your own station and you kind of have to do the little mini games in order to exceed succeed succeed exceed succeed yeah. i don't know one of those words is right <laughs> succeed yeah that's it there you go um but it's manic from what yes. I've heard. And um, way back at the beginning of the story when I was talking about how I had my family and I sat everyone down and I delegated out roles. And mm-hmm. um, that's the only game we've won, like I've ever won. Like all my games with like serious gamer friends that who are all like, oh, we're into board games or we crush Pandemic Legacy and so on and so forth. They've We've never won. But I got my family and I gave the weapons flick into the little 10-year-old. <laughs> It came together. And so my dad's been trying to get me to get my friends together so he can sit down and play uh, another round of Space Cadets. Really? Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? Is he going to be captain, though? Or are you going to be be captain? Oh, I think captain pretty much every time. Maybe I should let someone else have a go. Yeah, but what would you do instead, though? I mean, what kind of of role would you do instead on on the bridge? Um, I, I think engineering would work all right. I mean, I flunked out of school for that, but you know, I think I do all right <laughs> in a board game. We just have to see. It's always funny to see board gamers kind of really the serious guys kind of go, "No, this is how you do it," and then somebody that's never played the game before going, "Oh, I just did that instead, and it kind of worked." Yes. <laughs> and there's all kinds of rage and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. Um, is there anything that you've you've said you've got an Amazon wish list? Um, I've got an Amazon wish list as well, but it's just it's ridiculous. 
it's like it's like the GDP of a small country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least you have a lot of room for people to give, right? Oh, you know that's what. You, yeah, exactly. Just you know, if you want to make us happy, go and send us something nice. No, I wouldn't do that. I don't know. I'd feel kind of weird if. You know, if you kind of went, oh, here's my Amazon wish list, and then somebody sent you something, because you'd be like going, okay, but um, we'd have to see. I saw in your collection, moving away from trying to drop subtle hints about people sending me free stuff, um, you got Twilight Imperium there as well. Oh, yes. Twilight Imperium is one that um, me and my current roommate, um, when we were in college, we actually went to the local game store and we split it 50-50. And so, have, you, have you played it? Uh, I've played it, I would say, four times. You managed that many times with Twilight Imperium, and how long did it take to set up? How many? <laughs> uh, I, the setup isn't as bad as the playtime. The setup is maybe 30, 45 minutes. It's the playtime mm-hmm. that's like five hours. <laughs> I don't know. There's kind of there's board gaming, and then there's like that's board gaming with a capital B. We don't have a big enough table for that anymore. No. No. And then people say play it on the floor, and then it's like you get a sore back if you're sitting around for like five hours. You get a sore back. Yeah. We did that at the board game club in college once, and Uh yeah. I'm not as young as I was then. Not that I'm that much (laughs) older, but I don't want to do it on the floor ever again. No. No, I think I played, I think I played Rex on the floor once, and that was like there's lots of components and cards and everything kind of flying about, and that it's almost like um, it reminds me an awful lot like um, Star Wars Rebellion with the kind of the single planets that you kind of travel between and stuff, and we yeah. played that on the floor. It took about it was almost like a two and a half, three hour kind of game, and it was just like see at the end. I kind of did that um, old man getting up from some place that he's been sitting around for a while kind of thing because I kind of sat up and did that involuntary kind of oh my goodness and didn't even notice I was kind of doing it and everybody else looked at me and went you're quite old if you're kidding everybody else is like jumping up almost like they're in a martial arts kind of film going I'm ready to get some juice kind of thing and um (laughs) I kind of like groaned and kind of got up and then said I was never ever going to play that game again. But that was possibly because we we kind of lost. Um, yeah. But no, going back to what I was saying before I tangented again, is there any games that you kind of got your eye on at the moment that you'd like to add into the linen closet? <laughs> Such a cool place to have games. Ah, that that is a rough one. I've been trying, trying to focus more on playing the games that I already have and haven't given enough attention to rather than acquiring new ones, but you know how that is. Joan, you're a board gamer. (laughs) You know the rules. Yeah, I do, and I've been trying to close my eyes so that way I don't have to follow the rules. But The rules um, are, if you have 35% of your collection, you're allowed to have played more than once. And the rest of it, (laughs) there's 35% that you will probably never play and have possibly not even kind of punched it or unboxed it. And then there's the bit in the middle which you have taken out, you've set up, you've looked at Let's Play videos, and then you've put it back in the box again because it's just not, isn't it's not going to happen. <laughs> but um, you're probably not. Have you played pretty much everything that's there? Are they are they all kind of well used or? Um, I 
I have participated in at least one game of everything that is in that closet, yes. Really? Um, not all of them, I would say, are well used, but, you know, uh, over the quite many years that uh, I have been friends with Joey, we have probably played Arkham Horror maybe 20, 25 times, so some of those are really well used. That's pretty decent. What's your favorite game of the collection that you've got there? Oh, that's a very hard question, Richard. Well, oh, come on, this, you know, this wasn't going to be, you know, this was, I, you know, when I said this was going to be a nice friendly chat, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I know. Um, um, uh, probably top three. one of the games that uh, brings me the most joy to get off the shelf, even if it's not the most mechanically robust, would hmm. be um, Bang. Oh, yeah. Um, I, and that's one that I've played with my family a lot. It's one that um, we played in uh, our college flat a lot, uh, where it's just like, hey, we have four people here. Does anyone want to play 20 minutes of bang? And then we would just play like three rounds of bang really fast because we all knew the rules so inside and out that we could just like shoot through rounds like it was nothing. And so yeah. I have a good uh, amount of fond memories playing that in a couple of different situations. And I'm always happy to play another round. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else out of there? What's this? What would be the second? Oh, one? oh, oh, oh! No, I figured out the real answer. This is the real. Oh, oh here we go. Answer. Here we go. Are you ready? So, okay, yeah, okay. I'm ready. Uh, wait, no, wait, wait, no. Really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I got too excited. I remembered That's... Pandemic Legacy, and I was like, "Oh gosh, that game!" How could you even forget it in the first place if you have it there? Oh yeah, I know. It's because I've beaten it, and so, or you know, we finished it. So it's kind of been shuffled out of the like, oh, this is a thing I need to do. And now it's in the like firmly, and the these are good memories, but not anything that's gonna happen in the future. But have you not? Um, have you not? Because um, is it not a case you can play the game? You can play Pandemic on it anyway. Or have you? Oh, is Legacy? I... Does Legacy playing Pandemic Legacy? Does it take away? the flavour of wanting to play normal Pandemic. I could not see myself having any interest in playing regular Pandemic ever again. Not that I think the game is bad, just that I feel like I've experienced everything Pandemic could offer and so much more in going back to that regular sort of thing would just feel so hollow after what we've been through. That's strong words. I, I, again, I would still really recommend it whenever um, I talk to uh, my extended family and mm, they're looking mm. to get them and or their kids into some more interesting board games. Uh, Pandemic is one that I recommend quite heartily. I think it's a very good game. I like it a lot, but mm-hmm. <sighs> People Pandemic still Legacy about ruined it. it for me. <laughs> That's like a headline. On a magazine that you see at the supermarket. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> celebrity, celebrity in tears. Pandemic legacy ruined. Pandemic for me. <laughs> so that's it. That's the victim of the, you know, the victim of his success. Because you wonder what's going to happen with season two. Because yeah. apparently season two is going to be completely different and centered around not the world, but building up, you know, the society again after the events of what's happened in season one and the as i keep saying this but the best thing about pandemic legacy is the fact that people are still refusing to tell everybody what actually happens in it which i would never do that which is phenomenal i mean okay look at this right 
Star Wars, just to bring in, you know, <laughs> Brian Wade, right? People, if you went around, if you if you t- talked about The Force Awakens, right, and you went ahead and you said, oh, well, that character kind of, you know, popped his clogs, you know, went and seen the choir invisible, you know, fell off a balcony, <laughs> all that business... And if somebody went, oh, spoilers, man! It's like, well, the game's been out, you know, the film's been out for two years now, so you can't, you know, you you, you can't say you're spoiling it. But people are still very, very protective about legacy, and it's almost it's a case of, well, you have to sample this because it's a wonderful thing. And, and I think maybe part of uh, why people are so um, hesitant to spoil pandemic legacy is the fact that um you know board games that could even feasibly be spoiled are so rare and uncommon yeah Uh, the example you gave with um a movie there's lots and lots of movies and while i wouldn't say that all of them have something that could truly be spoiled in um you know enough of them do so that um it kind of becomes less of a thing yeah i think so and I think it's kind of like, it's because it's the fast-moving kind of... I, do you know what the other thing is as well? Is I guess that you consume movies in two phases, or sometimes three phases now. Because you'll consume movies, you'll get people that go to the movie theatre and see it. Then you'll get people that'll watch it um, through a, kind of like a streaming service. They'll buy it through PlayStation plus or something like that and then there'll be the third version where they see it in a physical edition with the special features or the steel book or something like that and they'll kind of buy it kind of buy it that way and you know whereas the board game you kind of that's it (laughs) you you kind of get it and there's no kind of there's not going to be special you know there might be a special edition but you have to buy another experience if you know what i mean it's kind of like i've got um, viticulture sitting on it's sitting on my chest of drawers which the mic is sitting on top of mm-hmm. and it's the essential edition now the viticulture essential edition is viticulture but it's got rules and mechanics from Tus- the Tuscany expansion and it's also got some of the stuff from the viticulture second edition but um, so you know so basically, it's a completely different kind of experience. So, you know, kind of there you go. But we'll see what happens with Pandemic. I you, you take it Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is just like a given. That's yes, going to be absolutely. arriving. You're going to be chucking other things out the closet, the linen closet, just to having it fit and into giving its own little space. Yeah, That's right. Fantastic. That's good. Speaking of Star Wars. Yes. Because we jumped, I don't know why we jumped in the. I jumped in the Star Wars because Brian Wade. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You needed to make sure you brought up your favorite wizard. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> I just can't. No, still getting over him. Um, you have been playing um Star Wars, Ripiga or RPG. Yeah. Am I correct? And what's was that? Is that Edge of? Was it Edge of Dark? Or is that... Edge of the Empire is right. um, the first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
when I say the first one, just for anyone that doesn't know, um, Fantasy Flight has been putting out um, a series of Star Wars uh, role-playing games. Uh, and they're all fundamentally the same system, but they're trying to build them as three different ones. Um, Edge of the Empire, which is kind of focused on, you know, smugglers and bounty hunters and, you know, just various people outside of it um mm-hmm. age of rebellion which is you know focused on the rebels and like mm-hmm. kind of you know more stuff that you would expect to see happening in the primary movies and then oof, oh excuse me well, i don't remember the last one something about the force <laughs> all right and that one's where uh, it actually introduces all the rules for jedi and sith and you have that sort of thing going on um and so we've been playing the first one that came out which is uh, again, Edge of the Empire, which is all about uh, a band of misfits getting into trouble, and we're having a good time. So, is it kind of like a normal, I guess, a normal kind of character-driven experience? Do you? Because you're the, are you the? Is it the DM? No, you're not the DM. The I was going to say, I think, I think, um, uh. Not Fantasy Flight. Wizards of the Coast has a copyright on DM for anything that's not done or for Dungeons and Dragons. So All right. this system says GM, like G is in game, uh, which right. seems to be pretty standard for anything that's not D and D. Who would have thought that? But then, um, Wizards of the Coast also copyrighted tapping as well <laughs> for Magic the Gathering. Oh, it all comes together. Oh, just, you know, just they're just the worst. <laughs> Do you know? What kind of company would copyright and stop other people using a phrase that means turn your car to the side? What yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> Tapping. And then they've also said you can't use the word DM. Well, guess what? It's direct message as well. So, you know, I, oh, could, say, yeah, right. I could see. I could say I was just over there DMing my group about the game we were going to be playing, okay? <laughs> but anyway, like anyway, it, <laughs> that's just my own anarchy kind of kicking on. And this coffee's <laughs> kicking in as well, and it's quite nice. Um, anyway, I am hijacking, I'm hijacking my own show against my guest. Um, what... Have you? I mean, how long does it take you to build up the scenario? I mean, have you? Are you using a pre-created scenario? Have you sat down and kind of went through kind of like general guidelines, kind of thing? So uh, there is a pre-created scenario in the back of the book, and I know that they sell some pre-created scenarios, but um, I wasn't wanting anything to be too mechanically dense that's part of why i was trying to get away from dungeons and dragons for this campaign Mm -hmm. uh so i'm not using anything that uh is pre-made i had um kind of an idea mostly for um an antagonist um that i thought was going to be interesting for a star wars campaign and then sort of put some loose skeleton of events that i was interested in having um and i kind of put the players down they told me who they were i kind of told them where they were why they were there and gave them a job and just kind of kicked them out the door and then uh they you know just kind of wandered from the cantina around and slowly started neandering through a puzzle that i set with no particular route in mind through it because Mm -hmm. i wanted them to you know do their own thing and so i don't have that much written out because i prefer to be a little bit more flexible because i don't want anyone to feel 
know, like their ideas and their role playing and whatever cleverness that they can come up with um, is being stifled. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, as so you're quite quick. You have to be very quick thinking for that then. Uh, either quick thinking or very willing to be like, uh, uh, excuse me, guys, give me a second while I think about this. Ah. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a little mix of both. Yeah. Okay. I just I do, I um I kind of I play um I play D and D is it fifth edition? I yeah. don't know. Um, it's the mine thing, the mine one with starts with the pH, and it's good fun. But then I obviously have a tendency. I've decided my character takes everybody really literally when they say something. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we were going up to like a castle, and with the comment kind of went along the lines of, "I'm playing an orc, mm-hmm. but I'm not the stupid orc. I'm just quite simple." So if somebody says, "Go and break down the door," in a sarcastic tone. That's what I'm going to go and do because I think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> so that's kind of kind of happened. I mean, do yeah. you have to, do you have to take and do you change where the story? You know the, where the story is generally going, but do you have to look at changing facets of the story based on the kind of the characters that are coming out during the game itself? So. Um, when I said that I didn't do a lot of planning part of that, especially in the beginning where I was just like, okay, I have, you know, y'all need to go into this factory and figure out a mystery inside the factory, but I don't really have, like, are you guys going to pretend to be Imperials? Are you guys going to, uh, you know, pretend to be workers? Are you just going to sneak in? You know, I didn't really have any of that sort of stuff in mind. I had some, like, blocks around for them to mess with, but... Part of why I leave it left it so open, especially in the beginning, was so that these characters could kind of come out and try to um, manifest a little bit. And as mm. people have been coming together, I've been, you know, just creating a little bit more stuff or trying to create a little bit more stuff that speaks a little bit closer to um, the particular character's motivations. For instance, um, I have. Um, one player who's playing a smuggler who owes money to the huts. And so Ooh. of course in chapter two, we're going to go and deal with a hut that he owes money to. <laughs> cool. And, he, and the entire time he's freaking out and like, Oh my gosh, why am I here? I shouldn't be in this <laughs> sector of the galaxy. What's happening? Why did the rest of you dragging me here? And um, just kicking and screaming. And I, you know, I'm okay with that. Do you ever, um, do you ever kind of like have quick asides with some people to say, okay, this is what you should be thinking, or do you let them have their own reasons for doing things and kind of motivations and stuff like that? So in the very beginning, when um, after we'd had our session zero, where everyone was kind of setting out uh, the basics of their character, um, both mechanics and role-playing with one another, um, I did try to go to every single player and have a little bit of... Um, okay, here's maybe some stuff that didn't get disclosed in that last section that might be kind of interesting or cool, and if you were willing to play along with this, it will probably pay off in the long term. And mm-hmm. if you're not okay with that, that's perfectly fine, and I will you know, figure it out. But, you know, maybe maybe the droid being um, a uh, confederate of independent systems remnant who is interested in trying to bring down the um, empire that isn't... Um, because that's the current permutation of the Republic, that yeah. might be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. 
So cool. um, I, admittedly, that's an example where my friend came up with that. And I'm like, oh, oof, easy. I can totally work that in. And we <laughs> kind of like talked a little bit about um, some stuff, but I didn't have to push him too far. There's some other people that we did a little bit of on behind the scenes, like, okay, here's an interesting angle. But since we've started playing, I've kind of been trying to let people do what they feel is right. And how many people have you got involved in the campaign? Just uh, now? There are four players um, and then myself. Well, that's pretty cool. Because it's a good balance as well. I've seen groups, like big groups. Yeah. And I've seen them work really, really well. But I've seen it work really, really well if people have been playing for a while. I think if you're playing with too big a group, you've sometimes got the quarterbacking issue. Yeah. Where somebody might just turn around and say, well, we're going to go, you're going this way, because that's what my character wants us to do, kind of thing. I mean, is is it, is it going to be lasting long? The, the um, I was intending for this to be kind of short, where I had three acts in mind, and I was kind of hoping that each act would take maybe three or four sessions, but as it's standing, um, each one is taking more like seven or eight. Uh, so we're about halfway through the second act so I'm hoping that we'll be done by the end of the year and then at that point we'll figure out what's next and would you go back to another system or are you quite quite happy kind of sticking with Edge of the Empire just now Um, I think that Edge of the Empire is really interesting I've enjoyed playing with it but I think it's really fiddly um, in a way Mm. that Fantasy Flight can be a lot of times where there's like too many skills for too many things that are like too close to one another and um, the way that the dice end up working tends to be a way that doesn't feel quite as uh, normalized as the way that a d20 plus a modifier can feel. Yeah. Um, So I'm not unhappy with it, and definitely if someone's looking for something that's like really steeped in Star Wars, it's really, it's it's pretty neat. And uh-huh. the custom dice are uh, kind of a blast to try to interpret, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a little bit more flexible in the storytelling, I would say, but it's still a little bit more fiddly than I was looking for for just a storytelling system, but not quite fiddly enough to have any sort of satisfaction in building a character like you can in some of the crunchier D&Ds. So yeah. I think it kind of hits a kind of unhappy middle ground, if I'm yeah. being honest. Well, that's a shame. Do um, do people really get into the character? Do you have people that can like, put on voices and stuff? Or... Oh yes, the guy that's playing the droid totally does like the weird stilted droid delivery and every really? line that he's saying, where he kind of has that uh, mechanical... Hi, hello, I am TX-118. It is a pleasure to meet you. And that's just like all of his deliveries, and it's great. Do you do any yourself, then? Do you tend to kind of sit there, do you just kind of like just deliver the lines as not as normal? Because we were... Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Finish your thought. No, it's just that we had... Um, I had Callan um, from uh, the Playful Gnome... And he says he played a character called Keegan, who was a gnome. And I said, would well, you do a voice? And he says, yeah, um, Keegan just speaks with my voice kind of thing. So I guess it's, <laughs> he's like from, he's from like a, um, a kind of a quite, um, the kind of the south, the southeast coast of England. 
so kind of he talks quite he's well spoken so it's like trying to imagine some kind of roguish mage gnome kind of thing kind yes. of going around kicking ass and then going oh terribly sorry chap <laughs> didn't mean to blast you into oblivion there kind of thing <laughs> i mean that sounds really entertaining um yes mm. i try to do voices especially um for things that feel very appropriate like um recently the party has been um playing with a jawa and so i oh, uh wow. you know pitch up my voice and talk real fast and uh, like hey 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 what's up i'm I'm Harriet the Jawa, and uh, hey, do you, you guys want to get out of here? Maybe you like, go to the bar, go get a drink? Like, hey, what's, what's, what's up? You know, something that feels about right for a Jawa to me. <laughs> Could you do Brian Wade? <laughs> uh, no. I, I, no. I don't do impressions, just character voices. No, there you go. I don't think anybody could even do an impression of, of Brian Wade either. He's getting a lot. He's, he, you know, he's messaging me at the moment. <laughs> Because this is this whole thing. He's still wanting you to finish your notes off because of his road trip. <laughs> he's going to kick my ass when he sees me because I've just said, no, Brian, no, you're okay. No, <laughs> he's just so going to be so annoyed. He's writing to me in capital letters. <laughs> Richard, give Joan back. She's yeah, that's what he's, yeah, that's what he's saying. He's saying that you know, I need to get this ready for my. Um, I need to get stuff ready, and you're kind of, you're kind of impinging on my ability to get on with my organisation. It's like, yeah, I know, but now, I mean, obviously, no. We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be the the nasty person, you know. Yeah, you gotta um, be sweet like, and positive, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, you know, like, you know, you don't want to be the type of guy that would maybe say, I don't know, register a domain name, we are definitely wizards.com, so it registers, so it ends up going to your website. I mean, who would do that? Um, yeah, did, did, I, I, I don't know, maybe like someone like Jeremy Greer? Maybe somebody like think? Jeremy Greer, yeah, yeah, he did that, he did that. <laughs> I don't know. You've got yeah. I don't know. You don't know who's the master and who's the minion in that kind of relationship if they're feeding off each other. Um, but spe- speaking of minions, oh, so okay. segue. yeah, yeah, you got it. There you go. Um, me and Colin spoke about mechs and minions. Um, a little. Oh my goodness! It's like I was checking. I was like, is it that long ago? And it's like, no, it's about eight or nine episodes ago, or the other week. It's also known as. Um, but you've been playing Mechs and Minions. I am planning on playing lots more of it tomorrow. Um, but how far are you in the campaign for Mechs and Minions? Uh, honestly, we have not played as much as I would like. We are two missions in. That said, mm-hmm. I am still having a total blast. Have you been going back and playing the missions over again? just to see the different results or, or, or what have you, have you just been playing kind of like a couple of games at a time? Um, well, uh, we have just been playing the games um, each round until we win once and then we've been moving on. So I guess I've technically played more than twice, but Oh, yeah. Right, okay, okay. No, I played, um, me and Colin played a couple of rounds mm-hmm. and then me and my son played the same rounds again and ended up getting completely, completely kind of different results, and that automatically made made me think, I gotta play this kind of more yeah. and more and more and more. So I don't know. 
I'm kind of interested to see. Is it? It's is it? Um, is it your your copy of Mechs and Minions? Yes, I purchased it when I saw that that um, second wave or however they were calling it was available, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to snap that right up because <laughs> I've been hearing lots of good stuff." <laughs> it's quite a good box because its size of the box means that if you're looking to um, do any kind of cardio or fitness, yeah. Um, you can use that box in order to kind of like you kind of stretch and tone at the same time because this thing is it's huge. It's kind of like the size of Twilight Imperium. Oh mm. yes, and it's heavier. It's I know it's it's just it's just absolutely massive in terms of the stuff that you kind of that you kind of um, get from it. But yes. do you know what's unusual about it is that it's kind of like um, it's a video game company that's put it together. Yeah. And interestingly enough, a lot of the other video game kind of avid adaptations that I've kind of seen, um, they've been okay, but the presentation side of this is is just absolutely kind of phenomenal. Have you got? Have you got? Have you got kind of like a favourite character? Do you play as a particular character? Oh yes, I've been playing Ziggs because man, bombs, bombs, more bombs. I'm playing as who did I play? I'm playing as the um, I don't know the the lady. I don't Tristana. know her name. Yes, because of the purple the purple hair. Yeah, um, I I played a bunch of uh, League of Legends in uh, college, and uh, what I found from League of Legends is this game makes me mad, and it makes me mad at my friends, and that isn't okay, and so I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> See, yes, we went to I went to a gaming convention with my son quite recently, and the League of Legends kind of demonstrators were there, and uh, they were saying, you know, they were they actually had all the machines set up, and they were like doing kind of trial runs and and kind of practice runs and and things like that, and it was almost like, come on in, come with me, and let me show you into a brighter world of fourteen hour days in front of a PC, because I, I it's one of these. I know it's one of these games, it's like an eSport and people can play like, they play it for like kind of hours and hours and days on end kind of thing. But you just seem to do the same thing in the game. That you just are going up and fighting somebody and taking over their area and that's kind of it. And I'm probably very wrong about this and there's going to be League of Legends fans that are going to come round to my house and start throwing their copies of Mechs and Minions at me in order to try and hurt me. But I'm kind of right there, aren't I? I mean, that's the kind of the basics, isn't it? I played enough of it to have a more nuanced take on it than uh, what you just delivered. Um, but what I can say firmly is that uh, the game is uh, not for me. Maybe uh, 150 <laughs> hours of play in, uh, it took me to realise that. But uh, I don't really want to speculate on the state of the game these days because I don't really follow it too much. No, no. I mean, did that... But what made you then decide to pick up Mechs and Minions? I mean, kind of what? What kind so, of a first? Uh, I, I ignored it off, out of the gate because um, it was League of Legends themes and from Riot. And while I think Riot is a really great company and in a lot of ways they're doing some really incredible stuff, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really expecting their first foray into board games to be that interesting, especially because I'm, I'm trying not to buy too many games. But um, yeah. I heard enough like really 
really, really effusive praise for the game um, that I my interest was piqued, and uh, I can say that I feel very wrong and mistrusting Riot initially in this regard because uh, they have made such an amazing value proposition here. Well, I think they reached out to um, Quinn's from Shut yeah. Up and Sit Down and they asked him to do some consultancy on the game because I remember the game review that they did and they said, oh, listen, we need to caveat this by saying that, you know, Quinn's did come in and I don't think, it wasn't just them. I think they asked, he asked quite a few. I mean, Riot Games reached out to a few kind of critics and reviewers and and guys that had a lot of experience in the industry and just basically said to them, uh, hey, do you want to come and help us kind of forge this game? And, and um, hats off to them. They yeah. obviously have a budget <laughs> and that yeah. budget is like, you know, I don't, it's really weird because I don't think I've, I mentioned this on the episode I had with Colin, but it's still one of these things that when you open up the box, you're kind of going, wow. And you can turn the box on its side, you can turn it upside, pretty much upside down, you can put it kind of any way you want, and it still kind of like holds everything together. So it's kind of, I don't know, It's I'm going to be playing it um, lots over the next couple of weeks with my son, because we've decided we're going to sit down and we're consciously going to kind of like, going to play through as many of the campaign missions as we, as we kind of can, you know? Yes, um, and so. I... I- know that this is maybe um, a bit of a very dorky thing to fixate on Um, and I don't mean to make this a backhanded compliment to the game because I think the game from what I've played of it is really good and I'm really looking forward to playing more but I think one of my absolute favorite aspects of this is that ridiculous inlay Richard the inlay (laughs) it's so completely incredible oh mm, that inlay (laughs) (laughs) is it going to be on your is it your top one in top five in all inlays of all time oh it's my number one top inlay and i have a couple of inlays that are pretty decent like like real good (laughs) inlays but that that's the one richard it's the fact that it's there's you open the box and not everything is accessible to you, as in you open it up and there's another box there. Yeah, and you just and keep it's like pulling say, out tray after tray after yeah. tray of goodness, and it all fits in. And all yes. the little minions, you can put the minions back any way you want, and they all fit in. They've taken <laughs> into account all the different designs of minions, it's so and good. they all fit in. And the little egg timer, and the little yes. bomb, and the individual envelopes. And the little, um, just the notes, just everything like that. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. We still like it. We're going to play it lots more. Stop it, because yes. you're thinking about that inlay again. You've got to... <laughs> <laughs> you'd be going out, you'd be like, okay, once you finish the show, you'll be like running over, opening the box and just giving a Admiring big it. hug. Just looking at it. Pulling Take... out the trays, giving a big hugs. Giving, taking selfies with it. Put it on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Brian, I can't get back to you and answer your Star Wars questions. I gotta take these selfies with a board game. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just like, this could be us, but you playing. <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, there's a couple. Of, I mean, there's a. I've, I constantly speak about other kind of kind of games kind of coming on. I mean, if budget was no object, and if games you can have any game you want, and it was the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and you had three games, you were stuck in a board game shop. And they were like the Doctor Who TARDIS, infinite amount of space and time. And you could have any board games you wanted at all from any time and place. What would you? Th- what three board games would you take with you to help you survive in the zombie apocalypse? It's... Yes, I know. It's a silly question, but, you know. I have a really important question here to help inform this because I think this changes things dramatically. Okay. Richard, how many people am I with? Um, you're always constantly going to be meeting a lot of people. So the number okay. of players that you require doesn't matter because okay. you're going to move from colony to colony with your, um, with your trolley. <laughs> you have a trolley, so the size of the board game doesn't matter either. You're making this very, very difficult for me. Go on. <laughs> Take Any your time. Games. Any three. Uh, it, can I have all the expansions for the game? Uh, if you, if the, if they're there, yeah, a, a game will count as a game plus all the expansions. Okay, so uh, I think I think I'm going to start with um, Imperial Assault. And maybe that's naive because I haven't played enough of it, but I've been really mm-hmm. enjoying it. And there's a lot of content. I think that, especially with a bunch of different players and a bunch of different people um, running the game, that it's got some legs there. Yeah, I've um, that's on my pile of shame. Mm. I've got it, and it's still sitting there, and I haven't opened it because I played Descent an awful lot. Yeah. And then I'm worried if I'm, I kind of, it's kind of went, oh, it's going to be the same as Descent and setting it up. So I kind of, I will do it one day. Anyway, second I game. I think okay. my second game is going to be Archipelago. Oh, okay. Something a little bit um, uh, more number crunchy. Um, I, I would hope that that one would hold up pretty well. But um, something that I would need a really particular set of, people to really get into I think because I have had a hard time getting too many people to the table for that too many times but Mm -hmm. really liked what I played of it and I think uh, my last choice has to be Cosmic Encounter because that is maybe the game I've played the very most and is one of the games that I feel like I could play um, infinite more times and every single time that they put out expansions we're like we need to go through all of these and we never get through (laughs) half of them uh, and I, we love Cosmic very dearly. How many, I mean, have you sunk hours and hours into that game? Yes, absolutely. It's a very, very well-tested game. <laughs> Battle-hardened, the box is disintegrating. Um, it's my friend's copy, and he's resorted to, like, duct-taping around the box to keep it really? from falling apart. And it's, like, disintegrating the bottom out from it, so he, like, we really need to come up with a new box or at least another layer of tape holding everything in uh, it, it's it's do you need a storage solution somebody needs to come up to come up with reconditioned boxes 
that you can just order and you say this is the size of the box that we need this is the type of tray that we need send it out to me we can sort it out you know that would be kind of cool I can't see anybody getting rid of a board game box yeah just the box no cool but at least it's a fantasy flight game so it's got a trench so you can just throw that (laughs) part away I know and they still insist on doing it it's like new fantasy flight game it's like I mean do they have shares and trenches or something like that (laughs) is it part of the agreement with Star Wars is it part of the agreement with Disney well we're thinking of actually having a proper um, inlaid box because obviously we've seen mechs and minions and everybody loves that Um, so we're going to be putting that together and we're going to have little card bits we're going to have plastic trays on top and then all you hear is the legal department shouting through no it's a trench we need a trench (laughs) trench we signed the paperwork tell Pam get the paperwork Pam there's a trench there and that's that's how that'll be and every one of those trenches ends up in a landfill for me (laughs) I do you know what I end up doing the most ridiculous thing, which I end up kind of like tucking all... I end up lifting it up and trying to do that thing where you tuck stuff oh, underneath. I know what you're talking of, about, but that's just, so sad. I just... I, and then there's a bit in the middle, and then you realise that they never make the trench. They never take into account the trench is big enough for the biggest size component. So it's not even like if you're playing, like, say... Um, any game at all, any game at all, you can put like, oh, here's my big piece, and I'll just put that in the trench, and ah, uh, it doesn't fit. Oh, uh, that's rubbish. I think it was um, Armada trying to fit stuff into Armada. The box in Armada is pretty rubbish. The I, I just I can't believe even. it. And descent as well. That's the worst thing ever because that was the one that you can't get all the bits fitting in. Is they need to sort it out. We need a strongly worded letter to Fantasy Flight. We need to get them on the show. And we're just going to be calling the thing Trench, question mark, and just have them on and just ask them to explain themselves. Pretty much. I, I, I'd happily listen to that. <laughs> I don't think they would ever come on. <laughs> they would just say, why are they continually abusing this guy called Brian Wade? <laughs> what has he ever done? <laughs> Hey, well, you know, Richard, with that sort of attitude, it it's not ever going to happen. No. You, you need to, like, really set your eye on the prize and, you know, really push and make that happen for me. I don't know if anyone else cares, but I want to <laughs> listen to it. I'm going to be positive from now on. It's going to definitely happen for me. <laughs> I, I hope it will. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but on that note... um. I think where can people you know where can people find you if people have listened tonight and they want to find you on the on the twitters and the internet webs and all that place where can they where can they find you where can they have you coming on to the coming onto their podcast <laughs> and ruining everything no um, <laughs> um you can find me on twitter at wrench underscore witch um if you for some reason want to email me which nobody ever has and i don't expect anyone ever will but just in case twitter is offensive to you but you want to still reach out you can email me at wrench underscore witch three at gmail.com uh if you happen to be part of the duck feed community Mm -hmm. uh i am on their slack 
sometimes I uh, sometimes see you post on tabletop, but don't post there hmm. enough myself. Uh, but I am Wrench Space Witch on that one. Um, generally speaking, if you look up Wrench Witch, you'll probably find me. Um, um why, why, why Wrench Witch? Ooh, see, this question even relates back to tabletop. Okay. Uh, I was playing in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, and I was playing an artificer, and I was making a big deal about my uh, spellcasting wand being a spanner, and instead of a mace, uh, me having just this big old pipe wrench to smack people around with, and just like getting really, really into using hardware in place of casting implements, because I was trying to lean at that sort of flavor, and Uh one of my fellow cohorts uh could not remember my character's name but they also didn't want to break character and so they said hey wrench witch and i fell in love with it and it is permanent that's fantastic mm-hmm. that's fantastic that's far you know, well that's okay because that kind of leads us into the final bit because there's obviously <laughs> you've done that i mean obviously if you as normal if people want to see where we're going then or what we're doing or where we've been or other nonsense just go to google search we're not wizards you will find us um i'm going to skip over that because everybody knows kind of where we are and 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 um you'll find us on your apple podcasts and youtube and instagram and facebook and twitter and you can also email us as well on magic at we're not wizards.com yes i'm aware it's ironic that is why i picked it <laughs> Um, there is two things left to do and obviously the most important question is to remember that we are many things but we're not wizards that's right we're not wizards a witch we're not, maybe but not a wizard absolutely there you go there you go that's mm-hmm. it you get to join the elite class of the other 84 people that said they weren't wizards and then that other guy that said he was um, Which guy was that again? I'm I not going like to say. I've heard his name all cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. I've been having no, a blast. No, it's uh, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Um, as I say, it's always good fun. To, I'm nosy enough. I just like to to hear people's experiences with a hobby. Yeah. Um, and the second thing to do is um to say goodbye so it is a goodbye from the wonderful the fantastic the mechs versus minions pandemic legacy cosmic encounter loving lady that is Joan Graff say goodbye Joan ta-ta for now (laughs) and um, it's a goodbye for me remember stay safe Roll sixes. Um, wholeheartedly apologise to Brian for the amount of <laughs> stick he's got this podcast. It didn't, it's just um, one of these kind of timing things that happens. So now Joan is going to go off and she's going to write up the bits that she needs to, to keep him happy. But he is a sweetheart. He is a darling. And we do like him very, very much for everything he he does. Um, but until the next time, you lovely people... Um, this is Richard saying goodbye. 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 <laughs> okay, okay, so one, 
two, three, Brian, Brian Wade. Wade. There we go. <laughs> and then we have a bit of silence because um, let's, you know, have pray silence for Brian's addiction to magic cards. I'm not going to spend the entire show, but you bet mess- message him back and saying, listen, I'm doing something more important. I'm speaking to Richard just now. So you're just going to have to wait. Okay, I got it. Here we go. Ha, 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 ha. I do love Brian, you know. Yes. If if I ran out of brothers and relatives that I truly loved, then he would be the next person that I'd want to spend time with. Oh. Um, not really. That's not true. <laughs> um, I mean, you keep inviting him back to your podcast, so... I know.